Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter joined, as always, by recruiting analyst Jared Hollis for BeaversEdge.com. We're back following Oregon State's win over Utah. Also to preview the California game on deck this weekend. Oregon State improved a 5-2 and two with the 42-34 win over the Utes this past weekend. Jared, welcoming you back to the podcast, man. How are you? That was a pretty big Beaver win, wasn't it? It was, man. Super exciting. And I remember texting you at the beginning, just a little bit worried, but they were able to pull it out. It was a, it was a really awesome win. Talk about, obviously, just, you know, the momentum of that game, and you mentioned it. It had been a little dicey at first. Oregon State, you know, spots Utah 14-0 lead. And, Jared, like you said, we were talking back and forth early on. The vibes weren't good at that point. Like, I don't think any Beaver fan, and we kind of, you know, obviously have a running game thread uh, on the damn board of beaversedge.com. So we see the pulse of everything in real time. And, like, Jared, would you say on the edge of the cliff or approaching the cliff at that point? I was, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'd say I was on the edge. I mean, <laughs> you spotted team 14 points uh, pretty quickly. You, you definitely start to get a little bit worried. And, you know, not that I didn't believe in their ability. I just knew it. I mean, obviously, at that point, it's going to be a lot harder to win. And uh, I knew that Oregon State was playing or was a better team than they were playing. So I was hopeful that they would. But uh, they ended up doing it. So it was it was pretty great. No, obviously, it was, you know, the, the mood of the stadium was was just kind of like the, the atmosphere was just sucked right out of it. You know, when Utah, you know, went up, obviously, there were – just some miscommunications. The defense didn't play super well. The offense wasn't really in rhythm early on. And and then it kind of just all flipped. You know, the Beavers got a big run from B.J. Baylor, set up a, a touchdown, and then, you know, kind of one thing fell to another. And, you know, ultimately, though, Jared, the real kind of onslaught, if you will, came to the Beavers in the second half where they just basically, you know, ran the doors off Utah as far as the momentum and, you know, the flow of the game and, adjustments in terms of you know being able to kind of you know keep their off or keep their offense at bay with some crucial fourth down stops yeah I'm sure it was I'm sure it was pretty dead I mean for me I was having to uh to use a, a live stream to to watch the game and it kept going down um and after after it got to 14-0 I was like I, I even texted you I was like maybe this is a good thing maybe I'm just not supposed to be watching this game and so I can I can definitely imagine uh, how people were feeling in the stadium, but yeah, they they pulled all the right strings when they needed to, um, especially in that second half, and uh, they they pulled it out. It was it was a really really impressive win. Obviously, uh, the Beavers improved to five and two, three and one overall in the Pac-12. Now they move back into a tie with Oregon for the Pac-12 North lead, and uh, you know it looks like at this point all roads are eventually leading to that uh, final game between the Beavers and Ducks, at least as it currently stands. You know, there's quite a bit of football left to be played uh, before that game. But just uh, what are your initial thoughts, Jared, on kind of how the Pac-12 shaking out this year um, and just, you know, how those two teams appear to kind of be potentially heading for a matchup that could potentially decide the North? Yeah, I think it's definitely heading, heading in that direction. Um, you know, it's a it's a competitive league. That win over Utah really was huge, um, and and I think that that Oregon game could just be, you know, as long as as long as nothing crazy happens uh, between now and then. Like, you know, I would say as long as as long as Oregon doesn't get majorly upset or Oregon State loses a game that they should have won, 
uh, then absolutely, it's gonna be it's gonna be an important game. I mean, there's there's just no doubt about it. I'm I'm really excited for it. Um, Oregon State again, that the win against Utah to to keep them and, and put them back up up top of the North, just huge. It's huge. And I mentioned in, in the recruiting nuggets that the it, it helps change the message. And you know we've kind of talked about this all all season long so far. Just as they continue to win, it really helps change the message for the recruits that, you know, okay, earlier we were telling you that it was a, a, a rebuild and now you're seeing that we're, we're no longer doing that. And everything that we said is going to happen is happening. And here we are sitting at five and two just after the midpoint of the season. Um, so it's, it's, it's big for sure. You know, you, you mentioned kind of just the, the overall just kind of importance of the Utah win and, and, you know, did, did that Utah win, Jared, did it officially set the stage in your mind for what could be a really good season? Was that just like a punctuation game in your mind? Like, hey, Oregon State's here, we're real this year kind of a thing, even though like they had gotten a win against USC, obviously, but it's almost like maybe every win prior to that point could have been maybe justified or, you know, even knocked down a peg. But it seems like that Utah win – Utah was undefeated in the South. They were looking like the team to beat there, and Oregon State was able to get it done. 100%. I think, I think it absolutely was. I mean, a lot of times you see teams like in Oregon State's position, especially when they're not used to necessarily this level of success. Um, you know, after, after a loss that a lot of people would call a heartbreaker uh, against Washington State the week before, you know, you, you, a lot of times you, you'll see a lot of teams fold. And uh, they didn't do that. And they very easily could have after going down 14 nothing. Um, so they answered the call. Uh, I think, like you said, it was kind of a, a stage setter and one that really helped people realize. And, and I'm not going to lie, I was being critical. If, if you read our stat predictions, you know I was being critical of the Beavs when I said, is Oregon State actually a good team? Or did they just beat a USC and Washington team that's actually not that good? And I think that the win over Utah proved that that wasn't the case and that this team is legit. Um, and, you know, it took a lot of things to make that happen. Uh, like, you know, the, the special teams play. Um, obviously, B.J. Baylor continuing to do his thing. Uh, but one thing that really stood out to me was just, was Chance Nolan really responding to the criticism uh, and, and mm. really turning his game around. Without a doubt, you know, that's it. it you, you, you hit on a couple great points there, Jared. The first that kind of comes up is just kind of the belief and it's, uh, you know, that Oregon State could come back and do that. And it's it's interesting because, you know, talking to, um, you know, uh, defensive coordinator Tim Tibisar and um, defensive line coach Leahy this week, they both mentioned that, you know, maybe the team from a couple years ago, even maybe, you know, whatever, they might have not come back. They might have folded the tent when they were down 14 up. And I think that alone, that like the coaches are willing to acknowledge kind of the growth this team has, uh, um, you know, overcome. I, I think that just speaks volumes to where this like kind of the journey, I guess, kind of like where it began to, like you said, where it is now. And, you know, I guess I would just say that's got to be incredibly satisfying for Jonathan Smith and his staff to, you know, be able to measurably see that progress play out on Saturdays. Not only that too, but I feel like I feel like it had to be pretty satisfying as a fan as well because, again, it's a situation that I don't think Oregon State's necessarily been in in, uh, in quite a few years where, you know, 
you're four and two and you're off a loss. Um, and, you know, usually, again, maybe previously they don't pull out that win uh, last week because they just weren't quite good enough yet. Uh, but, again, you talked about it being a win that potentially, you know, signified that this team's really turning a corner, and I definitely think it did just that. Well, before we dive into uh, Cal and then also dive into uh, Jared's recruiting nuggets, I do want to make a point to uh, bring up our matchup from last week when Jared and I mentioned going to that game against Utah that, you know, the matchup to watch was going to be, you know, Oregon State's run game versus Utah's run defense. And, and Jared, is it safe to say now that since Utah had arguably, I can't remember if it was the first or if it was the second or top three as far as run defense in the Pac-12, is it kind of a, a – a set in stone thing now that Oregon state kind of has a rushing attack. That's just going to get their numbers no matter what on a weekly basis in this conference. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I think that's definitely pretty, pretty safe to say um, 200 and what was it? 60 yards against, against that defense is, is pretty, yep. pretty incredible. Um, a lot of, a lot of big plays came on third down too. the efficiency on third down uh, in the run game was really good. I think you definitely are right about that. I mean, it, I don't, I don't think it really is going to matter who, who's lining up across the way, uh, and that's largely due to the fact that the offensive line is playing well as well. I mean, you got to give credit to those guys too. Oh, absolutely. I think, and not, <clears throat> excuse me, not to mention the fact that it's not not so much lost, but I think it needs to be, you know, examined and highlighted that you know. Jake Levengood goes down against Washington State with an ankle injury. Marco Brewer steps in and plays, you know, superbly. The Beavers don't really miss a beat in that game, obviously, as Deshaun Fenwick and B.J. Baylor went nuts in that game despite the loss. And then Brewer steps in and starts as Levengood's just not quite ready to go against the Utes, you know, questionable for this weekend. You know, uh, along with, you know, the other five guys that have been in there in the regular, regular rotation, I, I would venture to say that this is – and I even venture, this is probably Jim Mahalchuk's best offensive line at Oregon State. And, you know, I think that's saying something given how good a season's Jamar Jefferson had even the last three. And when Oregon State hasn't necessarily had the total team success, the run game's still always been there, Jared. Absolutely. I mean, without a doubt. And, and I think that I said it in the Nuggets, um, I think he deserves a lot of credit, not only for the the performance, but you know, people have always knocked that he may not be the best recruiter on the staff. And, you know, no one no one necessarily expected him to be. But people just, you know, were a little bit skeptical of his recruiting abilities. Um, but one thing that I, I think has always remained true is that regardless of how well he does on the recruiting trail, he has a top tier uh, or at least mid-tier offensive line every, every single year. So regardless of who's coming in, and now you obviously see the better talent starting to come in, he's uh, he's making the most of it for sure. So I, I definitely think he deserves a lot of credit. Without a doubt, you know, Coach M, you know, has a reputation as being, you know, one of the better offensive line coaches on the West Coast. And, you know, you got to thank, you know, you know, I'm sure Jonathan Smith for sure is quite happy that, you know, Coach M decided to, you know, come up here with him when Jonathan Smith uh, came over. And, you know, obviously uh, – Coach Mahalchek is not the only, you know, Oregon State, you know, staffer who is certainly, you know, uh, deserving of recognition this year. Obviously, A.J. Stewart has, you know, made the transition from Michael Petrie almost look – there wasn't even a bump in the road, was there, Jared? No, not at all. A.J. Stewart has done a heck of a job 
Um, and I know I, it feels like I've been kind of reverting back to recruiting as well, but I mean, can't overlook the fact that he came in and two months later landed someone who's turned into arguably mm-hmm. top three running back in the state of Texas. Uh, so he is mm-hmm. he also deserves a lot of credit. I mean, the whole staff truly, you don't, you don't get to five and two without the whole staff uh, deserving a, a ton of credit. So, I mean, obviously there's areas that can be improved, but so far it's been, it's been really good uh, all around. Yeah. And, and, you know, even just talking this week, you know, like obviously, you know, for, for example, you know, like coming into the season, you know, the, one of the big things was, you know, a lot of, you know, people outside wanted to see, you know, Coach Leahy give a better defensive line, yield a better defensive line. And so far, I think we've seen that this season. And, you know, Coach Chibasar and he kind of talked about it earlier this week and mentioned that, you know, the process hasn't changed. It's been this steady, eddy, you know, coaches coach and, you know, doing their process. It's just, it's taken, Jared, this much time to kind of get the, you know, recruits in, teach them the process, teach them their way. And I think, I I think there's just no substitute for doing it quick. And, you know, that's the thing is that, you know, being a fan or whatever it is, you know, of your team requires patience. And, you know, this Oregon State rebuild had to be done right, given where it was. And I think that's why we're seeing the Beavers be at five and two now is because they've had very little staff turnover since Jonathan Smith came in. They Mm -hmm. haven't wavered in their messaging and even, for example, when, you know, they were getting their doors blown off in year one, it wasn't, oh, no, we got to change the defensive scheme. We have right. to – Jonathan Smith wasn't, oh, I got to get rid of my cord. You know, there was none of that, none of that. And I think, you know, I, I just – I think that's that speaks volumes to where the Beavers are now. Do you, th- do you think I'm on base or do you disagree? Oh, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, like you talked about, the message not changing. I mean – part of I think a a part of that message is just you know the staff is here to stay and uh we're all we're all solid with these guys and you see you see what they're doing and and I think the reason that that's been as impactful as it has is because that is just not the case for a big part of the Pac-12 right now I mean there's a ton of turnover happening uh in the Pac-12 so for those West Coast guys or even heck anybody really but particularly for the West Coast guys who you know they just see the turmoil happening everywhere else and then you look up at Oregon State and you're like, okay. Again, I, it's kind of like I, I used an, uh, an analogy in, in the Nuggets yesterday. It's like you look at Oregon State and you can tell that the elevator's going up to the top floor where all, where all the pretty views are. Uh, and then there's just a lot of other Pac-12 teams that I just would describe as a, a, an elevator that's going down. Um, you know, they may have seen the, the, pure, the pretty views before. Um, and sure, they might get back up there again. But right now, that's just not the direction that they're headed in. Um, and I think a lot of guys take notice of that. And, and you know, I know it's one I'd want to be on. <laughs> I like I like that elevator analogy, Jared. You know, the, the one that I always heard growing up was, you know, you could go from outhouse to penthouse real quick and penthouse to outhouse real quick. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because you look at like purely like records, like Oregon State went two and five last year. They sit at five and two now just with where it was they've completely flipped their script from where we were a year or where we were a year ago um another example just right here at home washington was supposed to you know if it wasn't for covid issues represent the north they technically quote unquote won the north last year and they're struggling to find their footing this year um you know usc obviously won the south and you know proceeded to fire their coach so i mean it's 
is that just the very nature of college football that it can just change on a dime like that? I think so. And another team that, you know, maybe not be all the way in that discussion, but a team that Oregon State's definitely had kind of their number since the rebuild is, is who they're playing this week. Um, so, you know, I think, I think that is just the way it is. And hopefully it will continue because uh, another thing about college football is just, just doesn't matter who you are, you can lose. You, you could be the better team, but you could still not beat a team that's not as good as you on any given day. Uh, so, I mean, I talk about Cal being a team that, that maybe is kind of a middle-of-the-road team right now, uh, but doesn't does take the, away the fact that they're really going to have to be sharp this week. Without question. And before we get into the Bears, you know, just kind of, like I said, wrapping up that 42-34 win over Utah, Oregon State sits at 5-2, and 3-1 and one in the Pac-12. And again, Brendan Slaughter, publisher of BeaversEdge.com, joined, as always, by my recruiting analyst, Jared Hallis, here for BeaversEdge.com. Jared, we've, you've teased it a couple times here in this podcast. Let's go ahead and transition over to uh, some of the most latest recruiting news. Uh, obviously, let's get into your nuggets. But before we do, I just want to go ahead and preface the most recent uh, men's basketball commit, Wayne Tinkle and company land their first commitment of the 2022 class in uh, power forward Tyler Bilodeau. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, after point guard Cruz Davis decommitted a couple weeks ago, Jared, the Beavers now have their first commit technically in the class. Um, you know, another solid pickup for Wayne Tinkle just from the initial uh, reaction we've been able to see. You and I will obviously dive uh, deeper into him as you know kind of he gets closer to his arrival date in Corvallis but just the initial uh, reaction was just the Beavers are kind of getting a uh, a bit of a a late bloomer and one that has a, a lot of potential and um, definitely looks like he'll stack up with this program very well yeah yeah I think you, you hit it on the head a late bloomer maybe the best way to describe it I mean I think the the thing that we've seen the most just regarding Tyler is just that his performances as of late have uh, have been some head turners. Uh, and, you know, there are some other really strong schools in the mix. So definitely a good, good pickup, good size, uh, good athleticism. So excited to see what he can do for sure. Without question, he'll, uh, we'll see if uh, Wayne Tinkle and company continue to uh, look further into that 2022 class, obviously uh, going to be looking probably for a guard as well as Cruz Davis was obviously the, uh, the other commitment in the class. So, be interesting to see uh, what kind of uh, action the Beavers uh, get on the men's basketball side. But back over to football, Jared, you posted a spooky Halloween edition <laughs> of uh, Oregon State recruiting Nuggets. Um, from what we've been able to uh, gather, the Nuggets have been uh, quite uh, informative and quite in-depth from our subscribers who have been very much enjoying it. And again, if you're a premium subscriber at BeaversEdge.com, you got that full Nugget report. If you're not, you can join free for 30 days. Just head on over to beaversedge.com on the landing page, and you'll see the sign-up free for 30-day link. Jared, tell us a little bit about these nuggets just to uh, kind of uh, tell everyone uh, how exciting things are moving behind the scenes. You've had recruit reactions after every single win this year. The momentum is building on that side. Break it down for us. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going well. Um, and, you know, one thing that we talked about, a lot prior to this season, you know, people looked at Oregon State's recruited class and maybe compared it to the likes of like an, an Arizona or something. We always just hit the name right, or hit, we've always were sure to mention that I've said it in literally every single podcast that if Oregon State wins, everything will take care of itself. Um, and you know, while these other programs might have 
all the the you know high rank people or whatever right now that probably won't last um if they continue to play as poorly as they have and that's pretty much been the case Oregon State has won um and they've had only one decommitment in this cycle um everyone else seeming super solid um even as they continue to to really turn heads on the football field that was a big focus for the Nuggets um just a lot of uh stability in this class a lot of the bigger uh you know big gym type of guys just staying solid in their commitment. Um, obviously there's some, some guys who have been getting some attention from other schools and maybe still, still shopping around a little bit, but we talked, talked about that and what to expect out of that situation. Um, also we're sure to dive into, you know, the, the uncommitted targets that we feel are worthy of, uh, of keeping your eye on. Uh, so there's definitely a lot of information in here. Definitely worth checking out. And even if you're not a subscriber now, you can read these for free uh, and you can try it out for 30 days and, and read this and, you know, everything else that, that we've got coming. So you might as well just give it a try for free for 30 days. Stick around if you like it. If not, you know, maybe we'll get you back another time. Well said, my friend. Couldn't have said it any better myself. And again, like I said, we've got we're the only only Oregon State source that, uh, you know, gets the most exclusive video coverage. You're not going to miss a video and you know, interviews, women's basketball, men's basketball, football, you know, we're there, you know, multiple days a week getting coverage. And then obviously on the recruiting side, Jared's got in-depth nuggets. We've got, you know, analysis stories and whatnot. So we, we definitely think you'll be pleased if you, uh, you know, sign up free for us, we'll convince you to stay within that 30 days uh, for sure. But moving along over to, uh, to Cal, Jared, um, a big game this week for the Beavers, despite, you know, the, the mirroring records for the opponents, the Beavers coming in five and two, the Bears coming in at two and five. This game is a lot gonna, going to be a lot tougher for the Beavers than the records indicate. So I wouldn't look at the records, but this is a game Oregon State should win, Jared, even even for the fact that, you know, this game potentially could be tougher. And, you know, even though the Beavers have gotten Cal for two straight years now. Yeah, I think it will be. I mean, you, you talk about the records, and uh, obviously that does play a, a factor in how teams are measured uh, strength-wise. But when you really get into it, I mean, it's it's pretty apparent that, that Cal's really only a few plays away from being in a, in a similar, uh, if not maybe a little little bit less of a good situation as Oregon State. I mean, their, uh, their losses for the most part are all, all pretty close. Um, so this is definitely not a team that you want to, just look at the record and say, all right, they're two and five or five and two. We should handle them easily. I mean, not saying I don't expect a win, uh, but again, a game that, you know, you want Oregon State to come out, take them seriously, especially when you're on the verge of bowl eligibility. I don't, I, I mean, I just think what you want to see here is, you know, this game being treated as if it was Oregon uh, and they come out there fired up, uh, ready to get that sixth victory. Um, and treat treat this team as if they were undefeated and come out there and just leave no doubt. Without question, you know, that's kind of been the vibe that I've, you know, been able to gather from going to pra or, you know, going and interviewing the guys this week and, you know, whatnot is, you know, they, there's a great deal of respect for Cal. Jonathan Smith and his staff have a great deal of respect for what Justin Wilcox has been able to do down there. And, and obviously, you know, the Bears and Beavers have had some pretty good battles the last couple of years. Obviously, Oregon State has come out on the winning end uh, the last two years. But, you know, some really good battles. And I think that's kind of going to be what this game turns out to be. I think it's going to be closer than people expect. 
Uh, I think Oregon State will be able to ultimately win this game. And, you know, I, I think they'll be in a good position to do so. But the Bears can't be taken lightly because while, you know, they haven't put up a ton of points this year, Chase Garbers is still a mobile quarterback, and mobile quarterbacks typically have given the Beavers some fits previously. It looked like they maybe found some things out uh, this last week against Utah in that regard, but nevertheless, still something they'll have to, you know, address and make sure they're on top of. And then defensively is Justin Wilcox's specialty. They always seem to have a really good defense, and you know they're going to find a way to at least throw some different looks at this, you know, Beaver running game. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams probably are trying to do that. I mean, if you like we talked about it, it, it just doesn't seem like you're going to be able to slow them down, maybe unless you do something weird and unexpected. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Cal's defense has has played pretty well. Uh, I think the most points they've given up this year is, like, in the low 30s. Uh, so definitely not bad there. Defense playing really well. Offense, obviously some questions there. Um, but – yeah, I mean, for the most part, just like you were saying, a team that you don't want to overlook. Um, and, and I'm glad to hear that, you know, the vibe has been has been strong and just you can tell they're not overlooking this team, which is exactly what you, what you need every single week. It's interesting. You know, it might not be something, Jared, that is – if Oregon State has, like, you know, a couple years of success, it might be not quite as firm as it is now – but it's interesting, you know, I, I, I forget who it was this week, but it was either a player or a coach kind of mentioned that I think, you know, that the, this team will never overlook a team just because most of these guys have been through, you know, the worst of times. And, you know, there are still some guys on this team, Jared, that went through that, you know, 1-11 campaign in 2017 and – I think having that leadership at the top, that's like, Hey, you know, we've, we've been at the bottom, you know, we like being where we are now and holding that kind of really high standard. I think that's kind of impactful in kind of the first couple of years of when a rebuild flips is because you still have those leaders at the top that are like, Hey guys, remember the work we did to get here. Here's what we have to do to maintain. Absolutely. And, you know, there probably was a, a discussion about that throughout that bye week you know, just don't lose sight. Uh, of what's going on here. Um, obviously, off a tough loss during the bye, but don't lose sight of, uh, of you know, how we got here and what we went through to get here. Um, and, you know, you can see it. You can see it in how they approach every game. So, again, just got to hope that, that they continue to do that. Uh, obviously, you know, teams will come out flat, and that is what it is. But as long as they're taking every opponent seriously, uh, not getting too big a head on their shoulders, um, then I think, I think we'll continue to see good things from this team and, and from the staff. 100%. And again, Oregon State in Berkeley this weekend, 4 o'clock, Pac-12 Network to take on the Cal Bears. Should be a good matchup. And again, stay uh, stick with BeaversEdge.com as we'll have full coverage leading up to the game. Uh, we'll have the injury report. We'll have staff predictions. Uh, we'll obviously uh, have um, you know our game day hub as well. So Jared will have a starters as recruit story as well to check out. So we're definitely going to be gearing up well for this game. So beaversedge.com is going to be the place to be for it. And uh, obviously, you know, just kind of looking ahead slightly on the schedule, the big picture, Jared, I just kind of want to ask you just these next two weeks, when you kind of look ahead and you see a winnable game against Cal and a winnable game against Colorado, how important is focus, particularly obviously against Cal and just knowing that each week things can build, how important is 
a good showing for Oregon State in this contest. Oh, it's huge. And I mean, you talk about the focus. And I think one thing, it's always harder to keep focus when you're on the road. Um, mm. So there's going to be a lot of screaming fans hoping that they can, can, can knock this team off out of their focus. Uh, so hopefully they'll continue to, to keep their head screwed on straight. Um, these two games are huge, man. Again, they're like you said, they're, they're games that you should win. You should, you should win both of these football games, um, but you can't have that attitude. So definitely some big ones uh, up ahead. I'm really excited to see how the team responds and, and handles these next couple weeks because we could be in a really good spot uh, if, if all goes well. And, you know, we, we joked about it over text, but if, if somehow this team ends up being in, the, in a bowl game like, uh, let's just say, Las Vegas, for example, uh, I think a lot of you guys will have the opportunity to, to meet both Brendan and myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that that's, you know, that's, that's the immediate big picture that's on the line this weekend. Jared is, you know, above, just, just take away everything else, take away, you know, all the potentials coming into this year. If you asked every single Beaver fan, what all they wanted it was to get to six wins, get back to a bowl game. We right? said it too. We said it too. And, you know, Beaver fans weren't greedy. You know, they just wanted to see the postseason because it had been so long. I mean, 2013, you know, especially with the last year and a half we've all had, 2013 feels like two decades ago. So, you know, it, it really is one of those things where they got to get that last monkey off their back. And, you know, I, I think that, that could be the potential highlight of this weekend, Jared, is, you know, if Oregon State's able to, you know, play within themselves like we know they're capable and get the win, I think it's going to sink in, you know, relatively soon that, hey, wow, look look what's here. It's win number six. I agree. I agree. You know, we talk about uh, we talk about the next two games being winnable, but you get that one, man. We're definitely going to be celebrating next week uh, because, like I said, we said it too, you know, the, the next step in this in this thing was was getting bowl eligible so the fact that they're uh they're a game away from doing that already super awesome uh everyone's obviously super proud of what's been accomplished so far but you know why stop here there's a lot of winnable games left on the schedule you have the opportunity to really turn some heads to the point where you could you know finish the season easily in the top 25 so you know let's uh let's focus on getting the next win first and then see what happens keep the keep the train wheels moving as they like to say, not done yet. And, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the mentality is, you know, the, the, you know, I mean, it's kind of been the mantra of this team. And, and I think we're going to continue to see that play out. You know, I, I think, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunity, you know, as we've said on, on the damn board and, you know, said, you know, many, many times, Oregon State could probably win every game on their schedule and they could probably lose every game on their schedule. That's the nature of this conference of how competitive it is. Jonathan Smith and his staff have said as much. And I think every week in one way, shape or form is going to be a great battle that comes down to execution and whether or not Oregon state can execute when it matters. So again, four o'clock, the uh, kickoff down in Berkeley stick with beaversedge.com. We'll have live updates uh, obviously on the damn board and uh, make sure to keep it locked. We'll have full and complete coverage. That'll go ahead and uh, wrap up this edition of the edge podcast. So for, Jared Hallis, this is Brennan Slaughter signing off on this edition. We'll be back to talk about the game over Cal this next week and look ahead to Colorado as Oregon State enters uh, the first of a two-game road trip. Keep it locked to beaversedge.com.